0: Welcome to The Nativist Podcast, where we tap into our instinct and natural power to live intuitively. The ultimate goal is to leave the world healthier and more beautiful than we found it. It all starts on the individual level by cultivating our mind-body connection. Whether you're on a healing journey or just want to look and feel your best, I hope by the end you feel a little happier, a little more inspired, and a little more invested in yourself and the world please remember to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of the nativist podcast. And I am here with, well, I'm not here, here, but we're both in Idaho with one of my childhood friends. We go way back and I am thrilled to be able to connect with her again, catch up, See what she's been up to and she's she's been up to a lot but today's guest is Jessica. Jessica, how are you?
1: Hi Whitney, I'm well. It is so great to hear your voice and talk oh. to you. What a what an awesome thing to be able to reconnect in this way.
0: Thank you. Yes, I was elated when you said yes because A, I mean it's been a million years since we've talked to each other and B, you've been doing the coolest stuff in between. So can't wait to hear all about it. Can't wait for you to give us all the details of all the amazingness that you've been up to. But first, will you give us a little bit of a background?
1: Absolutely. So hi, everyone. My name is Jessica E. Jones, aka Ivy Wild, and I am a classically trained opera singer as well as a singer-songwriter. I'm from Pocatello, Idaho, (laughs) 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 and was based in Houston for many years. I did all of my training at the University of Houston, and I have my master's in vocal performance from University of Houston, and I have been singing and performing in all sorts of different places, mostly domestically around the country as an opera singer over the last decade plus. Um, And I'm back in Idaho, in Boise, hanging around at my lovely little house here mm-hmm. on the park, and uh, it's just it's it's just wonderful to be back in Idaho after a long time gone. So it, it's great to be back in Idaho home, as they say.
0: Idaho is right. There's just <laughs> such a good feeling about having Idaho as your home base, right? I mean, it's good to travel, get away, see the world, but then so nice. It, it is. It is
1: really nice. It's one of those things. I think the tropes of youth that when I was a kid, I was so ready to, mm-hmm. to leave,
0: <laughs> to yeah. leave,
1: to get out, to explore. And I was fortunate enough to have super supportive family uh, that wanted me to go out and journey into the world and explore some new things. And I never, I, this sounds kind of bad. I never thought I would return to Idaho, really. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but the older I get and the and the farther away I got from family and the more life uh, experience and perspective I got, I, I miss the mountains. I miss my people. You know, I, I started mm. to really long for that, that sort of fundamental deep connection as sort of a nomad. So it feels really good. It's nice to have that evolution. It's nice to be back. It's nice to honor and accept, um, that fundamental thing that's inside of all of us, where we come from.
0: What a great way to put it. And speaking of nomad, I want you to tell us exactly how much of a nomad you've been and the life you've experienced in an RV. So let's touch on that. And so much to talk to you about. I just want to dive right into all of it. So first things first Let's start how you got into music because you have always been into music. I remember you having the most gorgeous singing voice for as long as I've known you. And so just really relate you to singing. And that's just been such a big part of your life for so long. What led you to that?
1: Yeah, I have always loved to sing. I think anyone who's known me throughout any period of my life would identify me as the singer, as a musician. And that's definitely a huge part of how I see myself. And um, it is what led me into pursuing this as a career. Um, As a kid, I sang in every choir and every musical and just loved any opportunity I could get to either sing with someone or just by myself. And I've made up songs since I was like a very tiny child. Mm. <laughs> and, um, do you have those saved by the way? I don't, I don't, uh. really like this dad, but, um, I mean, there's one like, classic example. I think I made up about my dad that, We always give my mom a hard time about calling my dad when I was like a tiny, tiny child. And then I do have some journals from when I was like even in middle school and high school of little, I was very afraid of exploring it. I don't know why. Maybe I was just so distracted with my other activities, but I didn't see songwriting as something really I could even pursue until much later in my life. But I I was really lucky to have so many positive experiences as a young person and to have been given so many great opportunities. And like I said, the love and support of family to to sort of dive into the world of performing. So one of the most pivotal moments, I think I was 15. I would started taking voice lessons in, it must have been our, what, sophomore year? Uh, of high school and, um, or maybe even earlier. And I, this lovely voice teacher who I am in contact with still, Laurel Pumphrey is her name. She really thought I had a great facility, natural facility for classical singing. So she was auditioning for a production of Mozart's The Marriage of Figaro, which was going to be done in Idaho Falls, and she encouraged me to audition for a small role in that, and I thought that was a little wild, but, but I asked my family, and they said, okay. I went, and I sang this audition, learned this little aria from the show, and um, they cast me in this role. The role was Barbarina, and- oh, wow. uh, And so after school, you know, in Idaho, we have this great thing where you can get your daytime driver's license pretty early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I got mine at 14 and a half. So what I I would do is I would, after school, um, I'd drive to Idaho Falls. I just got my license and I would go to rehearsals for the show and knew nothing about opera, knew nothing about what that world looked like, and just sort of became enamored with it. And I was just blown away by the voices and by the musicians and the whole experience of staging and putting a show on its feet. I'd done some of it in a musical, but this is a whole different, um, ball game, so to speak. And, um, had such wonderful mentors that I met through that experience and um, decided at basically 14 that I wanted to pursue um, opera as a career. I kept singing. I kept studying and auditioned for a bunch of different schools and colleges. And the one I really wanted to go to was University of Houston because of a voice teacher there. Mm. Initially, it didn't seem that I was going to and I had some pushback from admissions office people at the school there. It's very unlikely if you don't come sing a live audition that you would get in and gave me a hard time. But my dad and my mom were super encouraging. And they said, you know, why don't you just send your CD anyway? Yeah, <laughs> at that back the day, we had to send, you know, DVDs and CDs um, Back in the day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so I did, and I ended up getting into that college. And
0: wow, what um, a testament to your skill. Sort of,
1: yeah, it was really, it was really like the first time I had met someone saying, mm, "You shouldn't, you, a you shouldn't do that. You could not do that, right?" Uh,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, it was like. Very tough. I think I was lucky to not have had a lot of that. I was lucky. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people get shot down early in life, and then -hmm. and they just get too scared to ever pursue anything.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: So I was lucky enough to have that support system that kept encouraging me, and um, so I did that. I moved. I moved to Houston. I started studying. And oh, and by the way, I have to give a shout out to all my wonderful friends. Many of my closest. Teenage friends came and saw me in that show, in uh-huh. Falls, and they came and they supported me, even though like we were, we were so young and like I didn't care about opera. <laughs> um, they Idol Falls, and like sat this massively long show and like watched my tiny part, and were so supportive, and um, that to me was like was such a huge thing to have not only my family, but some of my closest friends come out and, and support me in that way was such a defining moment. That is
0: true friendship.
1: Yeah. It's true friendship. That is, that's a huge yes, thing. Just, it really is.
0: <laughs> yeah. Even if it's in town to go yeah. and sit through that, I don't yes. mean, to like diminish no, no, I to know, I yeah. it. I know that's why we
1: talked about it because <laughs> it was a huge deal. It was a huge yeah. deal. And right. they, oh, it was, it was so weird. Like what a weird thing. Um, but they did and anyway I ended up staying at at that school and did both my degrees there and I loved it and I I met my husband early on in my college life having left Pocatello I thought oh I'm never gonna get married I'm just gonna you know focus on my career yeah 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 and and uh and you know him right away and it was like the best thing ever. So of course um, you did. That's fantastic. Yeah, it was, uh, but it was it was so great. And he's been so supportive of me and my whole career, like this whole time. And he's is just one of my number one cheerleaders. So I feel very lucky about that. But um yeah mm. fell in love, got my degree and then I graduated and I was just like, oh my gosh, what a what am I gonna do? I fell into that. I fell into a period of figuring out in between in limbo of, I don't have any momentum and I don't know, I have my degree, but I don't have much experience. And um, so for a few years, I just like would slowly start um, auditioning for work and I would teach um, voice lessons, which I love. I love teaching. And, and I slowly uh, started to build experience and I was lucky enough to, to get an experience a call from Utah opera actually, which is one of the places I'd always wanted to work because of the ties, you know, and the memories I have to the region. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they asked me to, to come up as a ringer. They'd, they'd let someone go and, and- A ringer you said? Yeah, a ringer, like a person that comes in last minute. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Yes. I was like, is this an yeah. opportunity with,
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm with you now.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was, it's one of those things in life. Like I had the talent, but it's such a competitive thing that the phone call was basically when they were checking out me, when they were researching me, I'd already sung for them in the past. Never was hired. Wasn't their number one choice, you know, but I'd been in the top five, right. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. for like three or four years
0: that I auditioned for them real so quick. Like, how, how did you handle that? Was that hard for your ego? I mean, cause you're young still, mm. you know, how did you handle that? It's interesting.
1: I, in every sort of job I've ever gotten, it's, it feels like a miracle because it's so competitive. Mm. Um, I learn very quickly to take, you know, to take a no, um, with a, just a grain of salt, like you can't obsess over it because for every, you know, hundred auditions you sing, you might get one, one. Wow. Gig
0: wow. For- Is that mm-hmm. naturally easy for you? Or did you really have to work at becoming immune to, well, I don't want to say immune to criticism, but not being as sensitized to it or I think to it, rejection.
1: It's, uh, no, I mean, it was super hard. It was super hard. I think that when you, Really want something, or you think you want something, mm-hmm. you will keep going and going and going until you really can start edging in. And I was just lucky to have, I was just, I guess I was just lucky that I could take the no and not get discouraged. And I think also, yeah, your prepares you for that. People try to say, like, I remember vividly more than one person coming in in a master class, or in, I mean, and they weren't wrong to say, maybe one of you in this room will actually. Do this. Mm, wow! Like, wow! It is. It's weird. It's like, oh, okay. Well, I'm here and I love it. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. Training me, and so it's just part of. It's part of the world. It's part of mm. the deal. You basically, if you think of it like being an athlete, almost you go and you train and you train and you train and you hope that you get the opportunity to be on a team, like to mm. to do it. Yeah. And you just keep training and you just try to get better and. And you take the criticism and you take the feedback and you take all those things and you hope that the stars align and you start to get some momentum. And, and I was at that point, interestingly, quite discouraged. I was, that was the first year I had not sung for Utah opera that, that they hold auditions every year and they have residencies and um, they have one slot every, every two years, basically open for a soprano and I'd auditioned for them probably five or six times and that year I thought, you know, I know they just got a new soprano. I was feeling like maybe this path isn't for me. Like maybe, maybe I just need to stop trying to pursue it because Mm I was in a sort of a wall. Mm -hmm. So I didn't go audition for them. And then shortly after that is when the phone call came and basically it just happened that They'd always liked me. Right. Like I said, but they didn't like me enough to give me the job like over someone else over the top
0: contender though. Yeah. yeah,
1: I was a top contender. I just wasn't the choice, but what had started happening is even though they hadn't hired me a few other like companies and residencies had happened at that point in my life and um, roles. And I had started to get some experience and like anything people, I mean, yes, you have to do your job well, but when you get hired for any sort of job, you know, people check your references. They want to know how you are as a person, how you are, you know, in a work environment. Yeah. And, and a big part of I checked all the b- boxes of like the talent and whatever. Mm-hmm. But it the thing that really got me the job was we heard that Jessica really works well with other people. Wow we heard that Jessica can learn music really quickly. Is that true? So the things that ended up really putting me over the edge were these other skills that, um, that sort of rounded out who I was as, as an artist and as a person and as a colleague. And really it came down to those things. I, I got the job because people put my name out, people liked me then other many sources said, yes, she's great to work with. And yes, she can learn things and learn them quickly. Wow. So I got that job. They they hired me. I did have to learn an insane amount of music in a few weeks and I picked up my whole life and I, and I moved up there and, um, and it sort of snowballed. That was a big, it was a big opportunity. And um, it led to all of the other defining opportunities over the, you know, sort of the next six years of, of my career. Um, so I was just really lucky. It, it was discouraging. It was difficult, but my tenacity and basically all of those other things you have, everyone has to have talent, right? At the end mm-hmm. of the day, there's mm-hmm. like a level you get to that no matter what, that's the expectation. So yeah. what are the other things you're bringing to the table that puts you above everybody else? Or
0: at least some people in my case <laughs> as, a, yeah. as a, with a million people. In yeah. Life. And how you treat people matters and that yes. comes into play like it did with you, like it showed. And I think it helps too having that expectation. Correct me if I'm wrong, but having realistic expectations communicated to you up front where you're like, okay, so I can expect this to be a little cutthroat, I can expect this to be competitive, I can expect this to be a little tough, I can expect no's. And just knowing to expect no's, I think prepares you for it mm-hmm. and readies you. And I think expectations really color our lives in so many ways. And so that really is a great example of that. And a testament to your tenacity too, because that needs to be applauded because that's not easy and to walk into that and to keep going and to let your passion carry you through and your talent speak for you. And yeah, that's really, really impressive.
1: Oh, thanks. I, you know, I feel, I feel very lucky that I did have some of those expectations and things set and, and that I was frankly just sort of living in a bit of ignorant bliss for a while. Mm -hmm. I I think that helped too, like not being so pedigreed or so whatever that I, that I had these, the expectations were too high on myself.
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: I was just so happy to get any, any gig or any opportunity. And the hustle was so hard that I think, some people, they get pressure put on them so young to do the highest level of something. And then they can't get through the other small rungs, right? They, they, the only way is like to jump to the top of the ladder. And that's just not possible for most people. So I was just lucky that my career, it was, it was a slow burn um, out of the gate. And I think that's scary in some ways, but in my case, I really, everything happened at the right time I feel. And, um, even though I felt like, Oh gosh, I should have already been doing this or that or whatever the time for me, I just had to accept it and trust and trust myself and trust my artistry and trust my network and, you know, just do all the maintenance I had to do to try to see if I wanted to keep pursuing it. Every time I would go into an audition, every time I would do it, you know, it's like, is it, it's just a constant reevaluation, I think.
0: Yeah. Healthy and helpful. <laughs> What's your mindset like now? Do you have a measuring stick that you compare yourself to or a timeline to where you're like, oh, I should be doing this by now. I should have achieved this by now. What's your mindset like with that now?
1: Um, no, it's not. That's probably pretty counter to what a lot of people would say because I think we're in this culture of okay, where do you want to be in five years? Where do you want yeah. to be in 10 years? Where do you yeah. want to be a week from now? And for me. At this point in my life, I think, well, first of all, let me preface it by saying the last two years really shook me as a person and as an artist, like it did so many of us. And it sort of reframed my whole perspective on that. I have also been lucky enough, just honestly, that I have exceeded my expectations of what I thought was possible, which is like kind of embarrassing to say out loud, but I feel so lucky again, that I trusted myself, that I had a support network, that, that, that I was given like that, you know, where preparation meets opportunity or whatever is it Mm -hmm. that that's, that's what's been
0: running through my mind. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Yeah, That, that some of those things did happen, that these sort of chance quote chance things came together and that I just, I had no, like things I thought were just pipe dreams I've done. And wow. that, that to me is humbling. And it's yeah. like, um it's truly awesome. Like it's truly awesome to me. And so when I think about sort of that measure of, okay, wh- now how do you gauge what you want to do, what you're looking forward to? Like, what do you think you should be doing? I just try to think about what I want to accomplish mostly artistically and trust that because at the end of the day, like trust your kindness, trust your passion. They will get you to the right opportunity. In my case, I know that's not necessarily true in every institution and in every career, but um, just where I'm at now priorities and they're my guiding, guiding light. Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. a weird thing to, realize because also my voice is such a weird thing, right? This physical body I have, you just, you can't take anything for granted. Um, and you can have this plan, but you can't control a lot of things. So I just try to like, stay in my body, stay in the moments, And if there are real goals, like something I really want to work towards, I try to work towards it. But I try not to tell myself, if you don't make that happen, or that doesn't happen in the way perhaps you expected, that that's some sort of failure, um, or the, yeah. that sort of missed missed mark, because it's just everything is everything that's happened in my career has been felt so uh, unexpected in a lot of ways.
0: Well, <laughs> can we started- can we mention the Grammy now?
1: <laughs> yeah, holy smokes! You talk about a no. Grammy! <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that is that surreal. surreal. <laughs> oh, it's super surreal. It still, wow. frankly, feels like a dream. I wow. Feels like a
0: dream for me. And that's like a contact. (laughs) hike. It wasn't me who won it. You did. Well, yeah. And if I, I'd love to just talk
1: about it for a minute and sort of just what you were talking about. I'd like to touch on that a bit. Um, that experience was wild. One of the coolest things about that whole experience. Well, first of all, winning the Grammy was just like, wow
0: mind-blowing and I I just got chills just you saying that not to interrupt but just you saying that (laughs) no
1: no I mean it was first of all the opportunity that I had that that led me to that ceremony to that award ceremony The, the opportunity I had was um I got to sing in this world premiere at the Santa Fe Opera which to me the Santa Fe Opera was a was an opera house that I had dreamed about singing at my whole life. <gasps> Are like, you serious? Yeah. Wow. It's just like just incredible place. They do beautiful productions. They're like a top, they're just top tier as far as the, the field. And, um, wait, and so I do remember this because Ruth Bader Ginsburg used to go there all the
0: time. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm with you. Yes.
1: Yeah. So, um, and I've seen her and she's like, <gasps> incredible. and yeah, um, She's seen shows I was in when I was there. And, you know, it was pretty, it's such an honor, you know, to have many people um, come and experience an evening with you and then to be sort of a representative up on stage is um, Mm -hmm. remarkable. So I was just so lucky that that opportunity came that I, again, it was one of those things that sort of happened in the same way that that Utah opera gig happened. I, I'd sung for, for Santa Fe so many times, never got an audition basically i got an audition through a roundabout way this last time and, and then I was an alternate I didn't get in to the job to the opportunity and then someone dropped out and then I got um, and then um yeah and then I worked my tail off and no one really kind of knew about me and um, again the things came up like wow she's a really content singer and she she has this drive and she's good at learning music. And, um, I was asked to workshop, um, this role, basically they were in the process of writing it and I workshopped it and somehow they decided not only to let me workshop it, but, um, they offered me the actual role to sing it in the premiere. And I sang it that that next summer and um, they recorded it and we got put up for a Grammy and I was one of the principal artists on that. And somehow, like it was just this crazy experience that I never in a million years would think that would happen. You know, just first to have the opportunity to sing on that stage and then to have an opportunity to create a role and then to have it turn into a Grammy nomination and then to actually win the Grammy in a category that was the only, it it was so... Crazy, like it didn't yeah. seem possible to me. Wow. And yet, you know, I got the invitation and I was like, is this spam? Is this real? Like this, <laughs> yeah. can't, this can't be real. And John my husband was like, Jess, this is real. And I was wow. like, well, should we go? He's like, Yes, we're going. Uh, like, we're going. Yeah. Like, oh, well, can I take off <laughs> yeah. work? Can I do it? Like, you know, just, it was just a so sure. weird thing. And uh. Um, yeah. Yeah so we went to the Grammys and my sister Lauren who you know um, and yeah. and her now husband came with me and John came with me and my castmates and when they called our names and we got to go up on stage and it was I mean to have that moment was super out of body I can and imagine. then to have it happen that was crazy but now after the fact, you know, my parents were listening to the grant and watching the Grammy ceremony. They didn't have good Wi-Fi. They were like in the Lowe's parking lot in Pocatello mm. listening and watching in their car. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now just what you said, just that sort of contact high. I think the coolest thing about it, because it still feels like it didn't happen. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like too crazy that it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the coolest part of all of it is that I f- I feel like I have done people proud. Like I, that they, that, you know, those opportunities that I had that were so ne- meaningful to be on stage at that place and to create that role. That's like, oh, that sounds cool. But then to say you have a Grammy, like there's this instant connection to people. Like it opens mm-hmm. the door to conversation and it opens the door to this like level of like connectedness and and pride and like, and shared experience. Because like you know me from a certain part of my life, other people know me from a certain, part of my life but we are connected somehow you know who I am you know that like thing that like seedling that thing that was always there and to then have it to have something like this to have a grammy and to have a person you know and and you actually experienced part of that and to be able to share that with people and can and reconnect feels like the biggest and most Humbling and coolest part of it all is like wow. people kind of we all see see ourselves and the people we know, right? And yeah. and I just hope that it like inspires everybody I know to dream bigger than they thought was possible. Because I never never thought I yeah. would be a Grammy winner, but yeah.
0: here you but are, I, I Miss Big Grammy so
1: winner. <laughs> excited to have done my my community and my family and everybody proud. Like that. That's the biggest. The most awesome part of it is just is that thing and and I'm so grateful for that like to have that love and to have that moment of just electricity with people to have that sort of cultural word the Grammy right to have Mm it um attached to me feels like it's attached to a lot more than me and it is it's attached to all of us and all the people that I've known and Well, people, that's Um, very, very
0: gracious of you. That's very, very gracious of you and just shows what kind of a person you are and where your heart and mind are. And yeah, like you said, what great connective tissue, the Grammy Grammys are and the Grammy is because people understand that, Yeah, that they can relate to that. They understand. And yeah, just what a, an incredible experience, just all of it. And to just show that dreams are possible and dreams come true. And to just keep going and to just work at what, what drives you, what interests you, whatever that might be, and to put the hard work in and then to just let it go from there. Because like this is a great example of that is often how life works out. You didn't plan this. This wasn't even your strategy or the trajectory that you necessarily like were anticipating or thought you were on. And look how it all came about and just what a cool, cool story.
1: Yeah, man. Thank you. I I do. It is cool. And it's awesome that I get to share it. And it's awesome that people are so excited about it. And and it, and it is true. I, I really, I I think we limit ourselves so often and me included. I've had to fight that urge. We limit ourselves in what we think we can do. And yes, I just think do. that time and time again, we're proven wrong by that. If you just put one, if you just do one thing to work towards a goal or, or something you enjoy, like the universe sort of shapes itself around you, right? That decision, it recalibrates around you Mm -hmm. continually. Mm -hmm. And I think we feel like, oh, well, this is set and I'm moving outside of that. And really every, every choice we make affects that that little pot around us the universe and it does react and it and it that feels sounds woo-woo, it, kind you, of woo woo but i'm with you girl yeah i think that everything is malleable and you can you can change your life you can make different choices you can take big risks and like life's going to be over soon you know like just do it like do take the risk do the thing that you yes. want to do um Yes. Because why not? Like, because it's scary, because you might fail, sure. But if, even if you call something a failure, you're going to have learned something about yourself and about life and about what it is you
0: thought you wanted along the way. Sure. Um, And that's going to give you even more knowledge, even more experience, which are invaluable. Yeah. And we all have agency, like you said, and our decisions matter, and our choices matter, and our actions matter. And I love how you said that the universe calibrates around us and recalibrates according to the decisions that we make. And just going back to when you had first auditioned for Utah Opera or the first no that you got, or when you were um, auditioning for University of Houston, if you would have accepted that no, or if you would have accepted that, oh, well, since I'm not there in person, it's not worth it. But for you to go ahead, sidestep that and still proceed to submit your audition, that right there just opened up a whole new world to you. Whereas Mm -hmm. a lot of people would limit themselves and be like, oh, well, somebody credible told me that it's not worth it or better not. It's not realistic or doesn't really look like that's usually how it plays out. So I better not even try. Doesn't even sound like that's really possible. And just a simple no can completely reroute you away from a world of possibilities that you're missing out on because you accepted that no, or because you accepted that you like backed off when that obstacle arose. And so I'm so fascinated by those little pivot moments where, or sliding door moments, I guess you could call them too, just simple decisions that you can make that can change your life, transform your life. And I love those stories where people, keep going after they hear a no I love because that's not my natural tendencies usually because especially when I was younger I'd hear a no I'd be like oh well okay clearly I don't have the talent or clearly I don't have the skills and I just accept that and then just find something else but I love when people are like no okay like they'll hear you and they'll absorb it and take it in but then they're like but no but I'm gonna keep going anyways you know or they'll Mm -hmm. just feel that rejection, but keep going. And that is just so powerful.
1: Yeah, it's, it is. I think at the end of the day, everyone has their own world they're living in, but ultimately you control your environment. You know, you control, you control your own choices. Other people can make suggestions or influence, you know, they're
0: working through their own stuff. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. They have their own filters and their own biases. And I mean, it's it's,
1: it's, projections. And it's hard. It's super hard. I mean, I'm not always great at it. I'm not, I'm, I have struggled with it my whole life and every part of my life, just as we all do. But I do know that I've been fortunate enough to take some risk and to understand that things are possible that I thought weren't possible. I've, I've, I've been fortunate enough to have that experience to back up and give me enough function, frankly, to just keep taking risk. And even though it doesn't always pan out, I mean, shoot, it doesn't always, but that's all right. Again, you learn something yeah. and you just try to let that not be a failure, but just be information that you can move forward with. It's just information and just um, information. Yeah, yeah. I think you're absolutely right that a no is so powerful, but it's only as powerful as you sort of allow it to be and how you use it, how you use that information. Um, I, I just think that there's, there's no reason to, to allow it. Someone else's two
0: letter word (laughs) guide your decision making, uh, in life. What a great way to put it. And also skill can only get you so far of the way And I mean, you obviously clearly, I mean, it's been validated. You have skill, you have talent, but that's not necessarily what sometimes got you in the door too. You have to meet that baseline, that threshold, but beyond that, what really matters and differentiates you from other people can be those secondary qualities are very, very important. The hard work that can carry you across the finish line if you have the talent, that's great and that's necessary, but only to a certain extent. And you can also develop that talent and further that talent. And even if it's not innate, you can develop it and bolster it with hard work. And that's, what's really going to set you apart and gosh, not enough yeah, said about hard work it, and drive and tenacity and grit.
1: It's true. I, I just like all of us feel we want to, we want to be around people that are a just nice and kind. And oh my gosh. Passionate. Yes. And that challenge us in great ways, not in, you know, in ways that make us want to grow as people yeah, and yeah. Um, whether that just be from their kindness or be from their skill or be from their humor or be from, yeah, yeah. From, from whatever, from their work ethic, or I think that those really are the things that make us can, can sort of keep you not only grounded, but give you perspective on the things you want to do and how you want to navigate through opportunity or, or circumstance or whatever, or through goals that those other facets are just, just as important in achieving the things you want to achieve, because they're the things that are so truly universal about humanity. And, um, Mm -hmm. and you will have a more enriched experience if you, Allow yourself to develop those other areas. I think it's true in every job and in every relationship and in every setting, typically.
0: What a good point. Yes. And speaking of goals, just because your goal isn't to be a Grammy winning opera singer doesn't mean that your goals aren't valuable and valid. And everybody has different goals. And sometimes I think we glorify certain goals like fame and fortune. Great Mm -hmm. if that's what comes your way. But what I see kind of like a revolution happening where people are starting to realize you don't have to hustle your brains out. Like you get to define success. You get to define what success means to you. And maybe it's society's definition. Maybe it's not, but you get to personalize it and own it. And that's what matters. And then tying into that, you hear of people who really get down on themselves for not accomplishing a ton by society standards by not being wildly successful by society standards. But these are people that are lovely to be around. These are people that are kind and good and uplifting and empower others and are just good, solid people. And at the end of the day, do you want to be friends with and be around with somebody who has 10 Grammys or 10 awards or is president of the United States? If they're an awful person to be around, like the people that I want to be around that. I want to surround myself with are the fun people, the good people, the kind people, and that's what matters, and that's currency, and that's something to be proud of too. I think far more than a lot of the accolades that one can achieve, those are important too, and to be applauded, but not necessarily the most important too. They're important too.
1: Yeah, I agree with that one thousand percent. I think you know even just talking about the fact that I have a Grammy feels weird to me because again, if we think about currency, I really just value most the people I love, the people that treat me just with respect and honor who I am, regardless of like my successes. And that to me is the most important thing in life. Yeah. And I do think in our society, we put so much pressure. Like there's these, these crazy boundaries in which we think, oh, well, if I don't meet this or if I don't get this far, somehow I'm not successful. And I just, yes. I I yes. I'm glad to hear that there are more and more people reshaping the narrative about yeah. this because yeah. our world is so diverse and the experiences you can have now and yes. either professional or personal life are becoming like there's more that's becoming acceptable, quote, acceptable and um, normal. And I'm so happy about that because at the end of the day, every day, if you aren't just, I think the mark of success is if you are just trying to be happy, like yeah, kind of, again, I don't know, some people might not love that, but I think if you can work toward that, then you are automatically adding to more light and beauty and a healthier and more wonderful place for everybody. If you are honoring that and you're trying to be happy and you're trying to put more of the positive things, uh, in, into the world than the negative things into the world. And I think by that drive to feel like we have to have this level of attainment or whatever, if we feel we fall short, that's inevitably going to turn to negative Things in the world and to the people around us and to ourselves. And it doesn't serve anyone. I know this is a very complicated and, you know, huge topic, but just if I may just sort of distill it down, that's what I would say is I think it is just, I, again, feel lucky that I've had some of these major successes in my career, but ultimately, you know, I don't want them to pigeonhole me into, okay, well now you have this pressure on you to maintain this or do this. Or, because I just want to do things to create things because I feel that's what I'm called to do. That's what I'm supposed to do. And I want to maintain, you know, a positive energy in the world and a positive presence and, and help the people I love and, you know, just do the things that how I basically treat others as you'd like to be treated. Yeah. You know, I really, yeah, I yeah. Back to that. I really, I really think that, you know, we need to honor each other and respect each other and lift each other up because we all do better. And this, like, I've been in such a competitive field. I've met people who are just the most supportive and some who are very threatened. And I've kind of seen the whole gambit as we all all do in our careers and in our lives. There's a place for everyone. I'm kind of in that band. I I really feel that. Everybody has a place like there's a there's a place for everyone and we should all champion each other because um, by doing that, we are we're putting more belief in ourselves too. you know, by by allowing yourself to just champion the people around you, you're inherently saying, I believe in you. And I believe in myself because I'm allowing myself to believe in you too. And I think that's super powerful. So the more of that, the better, and it shouldn't be conditional or, oh, well, you didn't or did accomplish these things. So therefore I'm going to hold back in my support of you or whatever that doesn't matter. Like it, it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't be the thing that defines how we interact
0: with people or, um, or laud them or whatever. I have so much love for you. Yes. Yes. Just resounding yes to everything (laughs) that you have been saying and that you just said yes. So much to say about how much I admire you and your approach to life and your mindset and how you view others and go about contributing value and light to the world and how you conduct yourself in the world and navigate. And I mean, it's obvious, look where it's gotten you. It's been validated. Like the people. Yeah. I appreciate that. It's
1: funny. I'm like in this you know, coming out of the pandemic, I feel the same about you. I feel like you've just been putting yourself out there. You're it's, it's so cool. You know, I talk about people, you I knew you you've always been I'm like oh Whitney is the smartest like she's she's just she's she was you know the smartest person in the class she's so nice so cool oh, thank I, you I don't know it, it's so cool even though the, there's a lot of negative things that come with like social media and all that I understand but it's been really lovely when I'm so when I've been so disconnected from so many people physically that yeah, I've been able to follow your journey and see how you are you know challenging people to to really be authentic and to live their best lives and to, and, and yourself, like you really, um, that vulnerability is huge. And I, and I, and I appreciate so much that you are willing to do that and that you're talking to people and having these tough conversations often and, and showing pieces of yourself. I think that, you know, one of the things I love about music is that, you are forced to have this like depth of of emotion right you're forced yeah. into like a more vulnerable more dimensional dimensional emotional place that is easy to forget about right to forget yeah. about that comes with a lot of baggage but it also comes with a lot of wonderful things and in life i it's all about how much we want to reveal i think to about ourselves to the world yeah i think so much of of what we do is, is what is safe to reveal? What is healthy to reveal? Mm-hmm. Why do I feel comfortable revealing about my most honest self? And, and I feel like you're, you're really, you're, you're so you're open and it's wonderful. And, and in my, I, I don't know that I could do it the same way you do it, but I feel like in my, oh my music, gosh. that's my way of doing it. Right. Yes, I'm,
0: absolutely. That's your way of doing it. And my way well, of trying to all wait, Yes. And that's absolutely connecting. And even just your personal side conversations that you have with people, how you're presenting yourself to the world publicly, but then privately as well. And you do that so beautifully. And you just even we're remotely speaking right now, and you can just feel the light that comes from you and you just have this way of infusing everything with that. And that just shows just you. I mean, you can just kind of feel that essence that's you and that that says a lot about you. Oh,
1: thanks so much. It's like, yeah, it's scary, right? It's scary to yeah. sometimes put yourself out there and talk about <laughs> yeah. stuff or
0: yeah, whatever. But um but and thank I, you for I, those kind words too. Thank oh, you so yeah. much.
1: It's so true. I it's so true. I I really admire what you're doing. And I've been very and honestly, I've been very challenged some of the time by some of the stuff you put out, and I think that's good. And I think <laughs> helpful. And I think that, I think that what those challenges are all healthy challenges and they're important to look at. And I super admire that. And I hope that, you know, people continue to connect with you and you feel those connections and you feel that coming full circle because it's, it's huge.
0: Thank you so much. And tell me if you agree, just there is so much goodness in the world. There really is. And yes, social media can be a dumpster fire in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. <laughs> it can, uh, be negative on a lot of levels. I get that. But also, also it brings a lot of good. It connects people. It allows us to relate to each other, to see, offer our perspectives and ways of being and ways of thinking in ways that we necessarily couldn't before. I mean, podcasting, Is Well, it's kind of social media, but it it levels a playing field and democratizes Mm -hmm. the whole shebang. So it allows people a literal and figurative voice where they can share their perspectives to a broader audience that necessarily they wouldn't have been able to in the past. And so that's such a beautiful thing about it. And I'm constantly humbled by people reaching out and sharing their stories, sharing their reactions to anything that I have posted. And it, it means so much to have you hear that say that means so very much. And it, it just means so much to have people take to heart what I say and to think about it and to care enough to read. Cause I know I write a lot of words, but it just, yeah, there's just so much goodness out there. There's a lot of shiz going on too, a lot mm-hmm. of heaviness, but there's still so much good that just can really hearten you and really lift you up and carry you through some of the darkness, you know, cause especially mm-hmm. if you read the news regularly, <laughs> it can yeah, kind of that's drag a- you
1: down. What? It's a tough time, you know. That I think is. every person, no matter what your perspective, would agree with that. And and the the thing that just like you were saying, that gives me hope and, and courage is that at the end of the day, I think most of us honestly want the same thing. Yeah. I think I think we do. I yeah. think I think that most of us we all typically want <laughs> the same things. Yeah. And um I think if we can lead with that yeah. in our in our minds, um in our hearts, like that's the only way I think we're gonna be able to move forward together. So I, 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 I agree. Conversa- tough conversation important and this vulnerability and this openness, like these are the, th- these are very important in, in establishing and maintaining connection with people, even if it's tough,
0: you know? Yes. Yeah. Even, and especially when it's tough mm-hmm. and that's it. And leading with that common ground and establishing that commonality is crucial. And that's vital to progression and to moving on through this muck, because that's, that's how we're going to find resolution. I mean, yes, we have Mm -hmm. our different ideas about how to achieve our common basic needs, but we're humans at Mm -hmm. the core. At the end of the day, we're humans and we have the same basic needs and the same hierarchy of needs. We just have very different ideas of how to achieve those needs Mm -hmm. ourselves and for each other. There's so much, potential for us to just connect and to move forward instead of focusing on the division and perpetuating the division. And anyways, Mm -hmm. this really went off the road. (laughs) I I really like where this went, but (laughs) I love how all all about it. I told you this was free flowing. That's great. And I love that. Yeah, you're totally down for it because you guys, I gave her a list of questions beforehand, just like a brief outline. And I was like, it's a loose outline we'll just get to what we get to. We'll talk about we'll see where the conversation takes us. There are some questions I want to ask you. Tell me how it is. Cause this is your career and you've been doing it even before this was your professional official career. How do you stay lit up about it? How do you stay passionate about it? Do you ever experience burnout? If so, how do you sidestep that? Or how do you get around that?
1: Mm, big time. Um, yeah, I've, have experienced am experiencing burnout many many times mm, um, yeah and it's difficult every time if i'm being honest it yeah, is yeah i think that the best things i've found to help are finding other ways to balance out my life so if i'm having a tough time in my classical singing life as far as the environment or some of the real struggles that come along with just the business of that, I try to, to find other aspects of my life that I can enrich. Yeah. That I don't become completely consumed by, by that because, you know, whether it even be like a physical exercise or a meditation or diving into a different hobby or, or something, just finding an outlet, because if I become, too entrenched in that world or it overtakes too much of me. Yeah. I get burnout and I can't maintain the connection to the reason that I'm doing Mm. it. And that's super hard. And, and honestly, right now I'm totally reframing my whole professional life. Um, Yes. Loving this. (laughs) Um, But I've, I've had to make some like really scary and significant changes just because I've felt like there were certain things that became unsustainable for my professional life that I needed to balance out. And as tough as that is, as we've been talking, like we have been like so tenacious and so driven and all the things I've worked so hard at. I think that, again, you constantly have to reevaluate and adapt to where you're at each day and where you're at every so often to to be honest, to see if what you're doing is truly moving the needle for you in your life and in your happiness and in your joy and, in whatever. Um, so I, I, I tend to like change and adapt and try to find ways to enrich and let go of some of the things that are causing the burnout. Um, and sometimes it's just distance. Sometimes it's, making a specific choice about the people in which I'm supposed to be working with. Sometimes it's, um, way bigger than that. Um, but it's mostly about being honest with yourself about what it is at the root of that, that is causing the burnout. Is it, is it a job? Is it a specific thing? Usually it's never the music for me. It's never that. And that part never really burns out. Like I love, I love writing and I love singing, But it's usually the stuff that surrounds it, that causes Mm -hmm. burnout. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I usually have to just say, okay, what is it that's causing this? And I think now more than ever, I've had time to come up for air over the last year and a half. There's so many people remaking themselves right now, right? Yeah. Uh, In life, through the pandemic, since I got just shut down, I was supposed to have this massive, wonderful, successful, biggest year I've had, you know, <laughs> career. And when yeah. that got down, that momentum that i have been working so hard to get snowballing over the last, you know, basically a decade when that oh. became cut off, I kind of had to say, Oh, what are my goals? Like, what am I doing? Yeah. Happy? I want to do. And I go back when I re-enter, and now I've re-entered, and then I re re-evalu- I'm re-evalu- re-evaluating again because so many of the things that were acceptable before are now no longer acceptable to me. Um, so it's it's super interesting, and I think it's really difficult to continually acknowledge and and have have those types of conversations. But the only way to really avoid burnout for me is to face those head on and say, well, what is it that is making me unhappy? Or why do I feel burnout? Which aspects Mm -hmm. and what can I change? What do I have control of? Um, what are my goals then with that information? How can I, how can I reconstruct, um, with, with these new parameters,
0: Mm -hmm. these new boundaries I need to set, um, staying agile with mm -hmm. life as it unfolds Mm -hmm. and then responding to it. Sure. But then structuring it on your own terms too, taking ownership of it not just being so reactive but yes
1: yeah and adapting
0: and, I, and rolling with it yeah
1: that's it and and burnout often to me ends up becoming so it it just affects my like emotional and mental health so mm-hmm. much yeah that um like there's a there it becomes a point at which I can't like I'm like oh I'm not functioning I need to I need to reevaluate. Like, it's not yeah. all happy, pretty times, just like all of us, yeah. we hit those walls. Oh yeah. For me, it typically, I'll just get to a point where mentally and emotionally I can't, um, I just get like paralyzed. And, and that's when I realize, ah, my body and my mind is telling me it's time, um, yeah. whether or not my sort of drive is there or not, yeah. you know, it's like somehow your body and your physiology will just stop you. Yes. And, and you are forced to, to look at things, even if you don't want to.
0: That's for sure. Have you read the body keeps the score? No, but I'll write that down. Yes. It's excellent. I mean, I'd heard of it and subscribed to that idea, basically Hmm. what you just described, but this goes into depth with it. And then especially focuses on trauma, but not just trauma, just the psychosomatic connection and how that is absolutely and substantially connected and you can see it and it's been proven and it's just so fascinating. And we're still ever learning about it and learning more and more just how much the body and the mind affect each other and the emotions and all of that. And like you said, your body will pull the brakes if Mm -hmm. you don't heed some of the earlier warnings, you know, and sometimes you're not aware of those warnings for whatever reason, but fascinating stuff. So now that I mean, we're still technically in the midst of the pandemic, but you've had a little shakeup as we all have, and you've recalibrated and gone another direction. Now, what's your view on this shakeup now that the sands have kind of settled a little bit?
1: Yeah. um, I feel optimistic. I feel scared. I feel a lot of things, but um, one of the wonderful things that has come out of this is that. I was so sad and mm, yeah, just blue about not being able to sort of do the thing I love to do. Like mm-hmm. I didn't have a way to do it. There was no house. There was no opera house. There was no stage. There was no audience. There was no way to connect. And so I really started to dive back into my songwriting. Um, and I, was in the RV in Miami, <laughs> and I was, <laughs> I was sitting, just trying to come out of the, the the funk. And I had been running and writing and doing all this stuff, and um, I just I started really feeling the urge to write, and so I started writing songs again. And then I didn't have really like instruments with me in the RV, so I. I had um, my garage band, I'd never learned how to use it mm-hmm. on the laptop. And, um, and I, and I started learning how to produce. And I um, started building songs. Wow. And, um, and I just became totally obsessed. Like, I, I loved it so much. I was sort of blown away that the things I kind of heard in my head, I could actually then find a way to put, into (laughs) and make create like yeah it was a revelation to me it felt like the first time I started going into my formal education in music I you start to pull back the drapes there's a couple of phases you learn when you're learning music theory there's this bizarre thing that happens where you're both, you feel empowered and you feel like you're grieving the wonder that was mm. the mystery of, <laughs> yeah. of, of some of the things you didn't understand. And I was having this wonderful, I had this wonderful experience of that again. I hadn't had of like, Oh my goodness. I, I'm discovering so much about this thing. I've never known, like about stuff I've heard over the years, like in in production. And I, and then I was like, Oh my gosh. And now I understand it. And now I like hear everything differently. And, and there was, it was, it was such a cool thing to me. I totally nerded out and I just, I loved being able to play with sound and, different colors and different, um, I I love electronic sound. I love, I've always loved it. I love synthesizer. I love all of that. And so the ways I'd always written songs were just, um, pretty, pretty traditional as far as like, you know, on guitar, very, very poor guitar playing on my part or (laughs) very poor piano. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, to have this whole, like infinite world of sound, um, open to me was like life altering. And so, um, I just started writing and writing and I wrote for like a year and a half, almost I've been writing. And, um, at some songs I dove back into that I had written previous from previous times in my life and some were brand new and it gave me a way to actually process, so many things that mm. I was unable to process and tap into different emotions that I was unable to express in my classical life because ultimately I'm singing archetypes most of the time where a very limited set of emotions and I love acting and I love connecting to that. And to mm. me, this was the first time I'd been able to really dive into things um that I Felt uncomfortable dealing with, and it gave me a way to find joy in singing again. And and I went through um, the book, The Artist's Way, Julie. Yes, yes. And um and I unpacked so much of the trauma that I'd had Mm. from different things. And Mm. um and so between those like two tools, um, you know, I just I realized that the creative spirit will find a way. And Um, no matter what, like, even if I don't, so I don't have a job or I don't have the way to use my voice in the way I've been using it. Well, I have this whole person inside. Yes. (laughs) whole other, you know, thing inside that is going to basically, it was like, this is happening. My body was like, you are writing, you know, I was like a conduit. I didn't have a choice. It was just like, you know, it was happening. So, um,
0: what a feeling that is when it rushes through you and you can feel that. Yes. It was
1: really intense. And so, um, so I did that and I, and I came up here and I renovated this little studio when we got it. And, and I just like would sit in here for hours and just write and write. And then I, you know, slowly was able to start like singing classically again without being just so sad. You know, Mm -hmm. it was so difficult Mm -hmm. to actually sing without becoming overwhelmed. Um, Mm I was in such grief for so long. Um, but, I was able to like get through that and, um, it gave me a way to, to, to find some, some real creative life. And, um, now I am like have this whole new pop alter ego and I'm putting yes. out. Yes.
0: And Want to talk <laughs> about her too. Yeah, sure. Yeah.
1: So it's Ivy wilds, which, um, which is, um, originally that name is from the place, which I am adjacent to the park I'm on, which is Ivy Wild Park. Mm. And because it was such a important part of, of this sort of new chapter of this new thing I had, and it was just such a sanctuary for me. um, That's where the name came from. And it was so different than my classical life and really from just even my general personality. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Um, I felt I needed to honor that with, with, with game. And so I feel wanted, liberating. Oh yeah. Super, yeah. liberating, super yeah. liberating. And, and it's super scary too, because um, this music is very weird and different. And, um, and, but you know what it, what it is again, it's like what it, when it needs to connect with someone at will. And like, I'm just trusting that, like I, it came out, it was written and I just need to now put it out, like do do my best with it and put it out into the world because I feel very deeply that that's what I'm supposed to do. Ooh. Um, so as scary as it is and as risky, I mean, talk about risky. It feels very risky
0: to me. Yeah, yeah, sure. But uh, yourself out there in a different way. Yeah, in a
1: different way. And frankly, I, I I think it's just giving me the opportunity to again talk about revealing yourself. I think yeah. By, by sort of being able to reveal some more of myself, I I hope that other people see Mm. that it's a mirror for them too. Like I hope that it can connect with them and sort of shake them into some different emotions and different things um, that they may not access every day.
0: Yeah, Um, And I think that's that's what like it comes down to. Yeah, like a lot, just connecting to yourself and connecting to others giving mm-hmm. others permission to connect, showing what's possible, mm-hmm. accessing those within yourself, showing other people displaying you, accessing those. So then it kind of models, oh, okay, mm-hmm. just so many different ways and levels of connection. And it's such a beautiful thing. And I love how you have re-engaged with music. and That just sounds so invigorating to take a new route and to take this different path and to see where it takes you. And I just bow down because that is, it's, it's tough when you're in it, because the rest of the world, like you, you look amazing and you just feel so we feel the power on our end, but for you, I can, I can understand like how intimidating that would be if you're presenting yourself in a new way and just well done sister.
1: Thanks. Uh, As, as, um, I appreciate that. Thank you for saying that. And thanks for the so love support. It. Like it's scary and it's liberating and it's a lot of things. Um, but like, I just, I, at the end of the day, yeah, sure. It's risky, but I, it's not that risky. Right. Like I'm like, I just keep yeah. telling myself, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. there's a reason that this music is bubbled up and there's yeah. a reason that you're, you're feeling like you should do this. So don't fight it. Even if it feels scary, like, don't worry about that part of it, just do it. And as like, my, my dad always tells me, just say the words, just like, just do it. Like, just say the words, like there's, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's some real power in just being bold and, and, and doing that. And, um, and I, and I do hope that it feel emboldens other people because, um, because it's it's uh, it's it's a different way it's a diff- it's 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 not the safe route so to speak yeah, um, yeah. and and uh, as risky as it feels I do hope that it connects different types of people and and that's the other thing and my, my opera audience as much as I love them and I love the art form and I love the classical world and um, the audience is pretty limited and the ways in which I'm able to connect people are fairly limited and I think it's been super interesting even just now having released a song that, um, so many people from different areas of my life have reached out and are, Mm. and, and people that never really would have done so in my classical life. And, um, I knew that would happen, but I didn't under, but, but I didn't expect it to be so many people from different areas of my life. And that to me feels so good, especially now, like being quote, like home and being, being in a different place in my life and sort of having this other layer in this other world, um, is there, like, you know, even though you don't see it and you don't feel it, you realize the connections with other people are super deep and it has given me a lot of hope and a lot of, um, yeah, just a lot of hope in the way that, you know, even if things don't go according to plan, that doesn't mean that there isn't a plan (laughs) that there, there can't be a new plan or that, you can't find your footing in, in other places. And to me, this music, this expression, this connection, um, has been super humbling because I just, there's people that I never expected to hear from again in my life that are so excited about it. And, Mm um, and to me, that's huge. Like that, that's so important and so vital. Um, that they obviously felt a connection. And that was the whole point, you know, whether I, whether it was just to my, my dogs and they heard it and they were proud of me or my yeah. husband, oh, yeah. like, but then to go put it out in the world and to have people either shocked or excited or confused or <laughs> all the things like, it's just like jacked. Like I, yeah. I that's really cool. like, that's really, really interesting to me. And it's a different sort of feeling then when I'm up, like doing this crazy virtuosic operatic stuff, it feels because a it's mine, it's my voice. It's my, there's no expectation, right? There's no, well, this is the way you sing this and this is the appropriate way to do it. Yeah. To explore, um, different, a more natural use of my voice to explore different colors, to explore imperfection, to explore, um, you know, the lack of clarity in, in, in so many of the musical things to, to dive into some of the uncomfortable things I haven't talked about, to be able to connect with the people that, that don't really want to engage in operatic stuff, um, feels important. You know, all of it feel, feels very important to me at this point in my, artistic life and in my professional life and my career um so I'm grateful to have sort of been faced faced with it I had to do it in a way and um and now I feel like how did I not how have I not been doing this you know like yes uh, so that excites me that keeps me super motivated and I can't wait to continue to share more and see what people how they react and see if it connects and like why and and how and with who and um yeah. Just continue to build connection, and and music is so vital to me. Like to, I'm honored that anyone would even listen, and it be some part, small part of their experience.
0: You know, that's that's really big too. Yeah. Oh, just so much running through my mind. Just all that you say. There's so much buried in there, and so many takeaways from this. I mean, from the beginning when we were talking about just being a good, solid person, hard working, hard and. Doing what you can to further your goals and your career and whatever you're trying to achieve. So, there's that. There's reinventing yourself like you just did, and daring to explore and daring to connect with yourself and with others, and daring to risk and all that goes into that, and taking ownership of your life and your decisions and your choices, and persevering and pushing through even when the no's are coming at you hard and fast. And even when it feels like it's a giant no from the world, just to dial into what feels true to you and to just cling to that and keep going. And I just can't say enough about what an evolved person, integrated person you just are. And just what a great mindset you have with how you approach life. And sure there are the bumps that we all experience, but you just seem to really ride those through with grace and I so much admire that and how you approach burnout and how you approach your career and how you approach your personal life and how you interact with others and how you contribute to the world. And there's just so much to be said for that. And I'm in awe because you just have done such a great thing and you continue to do great things. And this is so exciting to see this new venture that you're embarking upon and just how just freaking cool, just how cool Good for you. <laughs>
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for you. Yeah. Oh, that's very, very kind of you. I think I will say, you know, it's awesome to just be able to talk and, um, to go through this because I do think, you know, like so many people, I I often feel lost, like, don't, you know, it's, it's not always perfect, but I think if you can just trust yourself, you know, it's so hard and, and I so appreciate you. Acknowledging all of that. Um, because it, you know, some things are are really scary and tough. Um, yeah, it's not easy, but I've 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 tried and I've been lucky to have support and love and so many of the things that I, you know, really needed and that have propped me up in the in the tough, tough times. Um, yeah. you know.
0: And yes, yes, I do know. And also I want to point out that I love that you just have achieved this awesome blend of confidence you can feel that you're confident. You're very, I love how transparent in a way you are. Like, you're like, yeah, shit is hard sometimes. And this is how hard it gets. And yeah, I acknowledge that. And this is what I do with it. So you acknowledge, it's not like you're trying to present this mask or this perfect front. No, like you're very humble and you're very relatable and you're very transparent. Like I said, but then also there's, you can tell that you just seem like you're on solid footing. Like you just have a good sense of self and you can just, feel that strength come through, if that makes sense. So you have this, that great blend that can be hard to achieve that you're very humble, but then you're also very solid. Like, no, I'm not boastful at all, but you can just feel like, you know, that you bring a lot to the table and you know, that you have talent and you know, that you have all that you have to offer, but also you're still very humble. And that's not always easy (laughs) to get that, that blend.
1: Thanks. Yeah. I, I appreciate that so much. That's so nice of you to say. And I, I do strive to just like, I don't know, keep my perspective, stay humble, stay like curious, you know Um, it's, it's so important. And I, and I, and I strive to just again, like what is driving me? Is it, is it the art or is it something else? Is it, you know, is it, Kindness or is it something else? And just trying to stay honest with ourselves. And I think it's important to be transparent, right? Again, reveal what you want to the world, but but ultimately that's um the thing that helps all of us is just is just that uh, I I don't know. I love authenticity. (laughs) Like I love big fan fan of authenticity. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And I have a hard time like um talking sometimes about some things. But I think it's really great to be able to come and talk to you and, and have this and have an opportunity to just, I just like, can, again, connect to people in a way that I don't always have. And, and I'm so grateful for that.
0: So grateful for you coming on here and connecting with us. By being vulnerable, we're just admitting that we all have human experiences. A lot of they might have different shades and different colors to them, but bare bones, the skeleton of it, we're having a lot of the same experiences. We have, we all have doubts. We all have fears. We all have insecurities. And it's when we pretend like we don't, that we get in trouble collectively, I think, and individually. And Mm -hmm. so it's when we're able to just be like, yeah, I have a hard time with this, or I struggle with this, or I'm good at this or whatever. And we're just open and honest and vulnerable and authentic about it all. And that's when we can truly connect. And that matters so much, so, so Mm -hmm. much to us, as a society and just as an individual. And I can understand why we do that, but it's wild to me that we can have the same experience, but we're sometimes too ashamed to admit it. We're too scared to admit it. And we want to act like we have it all together, or we want to act like we are a certain way, or we don't struggle with certain things. And I mean, we all know that we all do. And so it'd get us a lot further if we could just pass two spaces and just go right to, yes, I feel this too. I feel the same way. I experience this too. So, so thankful for you for coming on here and sharing your experiences and then just for all that you do and put out to the world anyways, just on your own. So thank you.
1: Oh, thanks so much. I I agree with that statement about vulnerability and I think it is so important. And when I started to really understand that that was so important to growth and, and, and what it is that I needed to do to move through life. Um, that was kind of, it's, it's continue it's a, it's a spectrum, but I'm, but I continually strive towards that vulnerability and the honesty and, um, Figuring out how then that will shape the truth. Yeah, <laughs> like
0: my fate or destiny or life. Or yeah, whatever. and it's a journey, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's always a practice of becoming, and it's a practice. I mean, you don't really ever reach the destination. It's just mm-hmm. you're in it, and you're being a human and humaning the whole way through, and trying mm-hmm. to, you know, just it's hard to master vulnerability and there are ebbs and flows to it, and Reroutes and all of that going on but yeah I think that's just a good north star to Mm -hmm. go towards okay so I've taken up a lot of more time than I told you I would take up a beer so thank you so much last question I have a million million because you're so interesting but last Mm -hmm. question so what would your message to the world be let's say you had the world's attention for 10 seconds what would you blast I
1: would say listen to The creative voice inside and allow yourself to explore many different things in life uh stay curious silly and (laughs) believe in yourself the way you believe in the people that you love most
0: ah yes boom that's (laughs) so good oh and I love curiosity curiosity is a superpower and will take you places for sure
1: it's important. Yes. It's so important. It oh, is important. To stay curious. We've got to play. We've got to got remember to. that those little things that were made us curious as kids are still in there, and yes, um, they will enrich your experience if you just allow them to come back into your life in different ways. Uh, yes,
0: so. yes, in so many different ways. Okay, so. Where can people find you and listen to her music, especially her single that she just dropped. It's been in my head and I listen to it. Yeah. It's so catchy. So, nice. so catchy.
1: Thanks. Yes. It's a doozy. Um, no, I'm so that's so cool. Uh I really appreciate you saying that. Um, you can find me um on social media. I'm at the real ivy wild. Um, you can follow my Facebook fan page there. Um, you can follow my other Instagram, um, Jess Soprano Jones. Uh, and you can find me on all major, uh, streaming platforms. If you want to give me a follow there, I'll be putting out, um, a bunch more songs, uh, in the new year. So I got a lot of cool stuff coming out and I'm super excited to share more with the world. Um, thank you for allowing me to, to say that I would love to connect with people. So message me, um, write to me. Um you can check out the music video for the latest song um called Willing to Find Out on YouTube as well. So lots of different ways um to connect. And I would love to hear from people.
0: Yes, follow her. You will see what I mean. You'll be like, Oh yeah, I get <laughs> yeah. it. Okay.
1: Get on the gram, get did. on the, get on Facebook, <laughs> yes. get on Twitter, get on TikTok, get on all the things. I'm oh, I'm yes. on all the things and yes. um yeah, and let's and let's keep in touch. That that would yes. be lovely. I'd just love to hear from people.
0: Yeah. Okay. Bye guys. Thank you.